So welcome everyone. This is the Esportspedia Town Hall podcast. Uh, this is week I don't know seventy five of um, uh, the the podcast. We do this weekly. I think it's actually week you know five or six, possibly or podcast number five or six. Basically, you know every every Wednesday uh, evening we do a town hall that is open to the community of contributors and volunteers that we have at Esportspedia, and we basically cover all the uh, updates surrounding Esportspedia, Esports One, and then for the remaining kind of 30 minutes, we basically pick a topic relating to the esports scene, whether it's recent news or happenings or something uh, more generalistic, which is what we're going to be covering this week. And, uh, and then we kind of just have an open discussion where, you know, get everyone's input that is part of the Esportspedia family and team and uh, have kind of an open dialogue and, and see what everyone's thoughts are. I'll um, try to play a bit devil's advocate here and and give my point, but also you know kind of a counter point of view on on some of these points. Not everything is is a uh, one side versus the other. This you know this uh, topic will more so uh, just be thoughts and and uh, you know and input from everyone. Just you know what their what their um, uh, feelings were towards uh, this topic and hand. So. This week we're going to be covering essentially 2017 when it comes to, you know, what were some of the highlights, some of the lowlights, what everyone thought in terms of, um, you know, some of the major news and events that occurred within esports. Uh, do we see this as a successful year in esports, which I think the answer is pretty definitively yes, but you know, what other aspects within esports went wrong and, uh, you know, might not have been as uh, positive for the industry as it could have been, and then we'll cover um, you know what everyone's you know thoughts are towards 2018. If we have any predictions, or we'll get everybody's predictions essentially and see what you know everyone um, uh, feels that 2018 will bring for the esports industry. So to kind of start it off here, we'll cover we'll start with the highlights for for 2017 and basically you know open the floor in a sense of of you know. What were some of the highlights? And I'll I'll basically outline a, a couple here, and then so once you kind of chime in, let me know what your highlight, what you felt was the biggest highlight for 2017, and why do you feel that that was the highlight? So one example, and I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, and reference this one, but one example was the franchising. So with Riot and Overwatch. So. Um, I'll basically open the floor here and, and start just kind of letting see what everybody's thoughts are. What were what were your thoughts, your guys' thoughts regarding 2017? Uh, the biggest okay. highlight that I like to me there was you go. Say, the uh, League of Legends Worlds uh, Championship. I think it was insane to see an absurd amount of people to go watch two teams play for X amount of money and overall just the location, it being you know an ex Olympic stadium or I just think overall that was something very impressive that opened many, many did you eyes. Watch the games? Yes, I did. All of them? Uh, I covered. Yes, what was but... your What was your favorite game? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was, since it was wasn't it a three zero? If I remember correctly, the I, finals. I kinda... Yeah, the finals was. But in terms of like matches, matchups during uh, because there was there was one what Misfits had a really good game with SKT. Um, weren't there a couple of uh? There was one upset. I think it was. Um, let's get off topic, but I think it was 
a European team beat um, uh, what's it called? They have Misfits beat I think China, one of the Chinese teams. Yeah, there we go. Misfits SK. Yeah, uh, Misfits SKT was really good. Was yeah, that one was good. RNG, um, uh, do you think this world, this year's worlds, was better than last year's? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. <laughs> Funny, funny to say the the dragon. A lot of people. I don't know if for those that watched it, the dragon was probably one of the most trolly meme things they could have ever done. Uh, but it kind of worked out, and it kind of added that like. Talking what, what was the dragon? It was a three D, just only on stream. Obviously, a dragon that they animated on there, and it was really you can tell it was extremely fake and choppy. It looked kind of shitty, but it kind of made it really funny to where people were like, "What the hell is going on?" And a lot of uh, pro players that obviously weren't at the at the final. Uh, were streaming part of the match and they were just trolling like <laughs> saying some really funny things about it um but things like that were really really, really hilarious yeah to touch on what matt madison is saying in chat i think that uh i would agree that it was probably a better than the previous year but me personally i enjoyed it less just because of, and like i was like i just wasn't able to stay up and watch near as many of the games as i would have liked um and that's interesting. Like, I'm wondering if that's a trend we're going to start seeing more because the large, from what I understand, a large majority of the viewership is, uh, you know, Chinese based. So it makes sense for them to have it in a time zone that's friendly to those people. Um, and I've been informed that I'm cutting out a lot. So I'm going to be quiet. Now. Yeah, you cut out just a little bit, but it was fine. But yeah, I'm, I couldn't. Time zone killed me. I would, I would get up in early and try to watch some of the. I would either, if I was uh, over the weekend, I got home late uh at night because i was you know out at the library on like a friday night uh i would try to catch some of the games but it was always at the you know middle of the night it was always at the times um i know talking to some of the writers that rioters that were there uh they <clears throat> from a production um standpoint you know i know that they're they it wasn't the easiest to kind of coordinate um uh, kind of production environment that they've ever had but i still think that they you know put on a damn good show uh for the community and and i know the you know kind of with the pollution and and a lot of them came back from in, or from china into the states having a, a lot of uh a lot of issues uh just dealing with the difference in air quality in china versus you know the states and, and la and whatnot um but you know i i just because riot is an la you know home base is there uh is in la i i mean i would i don't see them doing that every year but i do see that being a more more common just because of um how big the player base is and uh and yeah i, I do think that was definitely a highlight what what else what are some other highlights um that people had uh, what about non-endemics? What were your guys' thoughts with with regards to non-endemics getting into the space? Anybody have any thoughts there? Because we have two, both of you guys. Uh, let's see, Brusky can't talk, and then Jordan can't talk. Does anybody else have any thoughts I, in? Uh, mine's, mine's uh, I'm going to mention, mention the forbidden one, uh, Dota 2. Uh, please don't attack me, people. Um, I, I thought... Um, in terms of uh, that, a good esports year. I know viewership numbers are, are, I mean, playing numbers are slightly fluctuating, but um, they introduced, well, I think re reintroduced um, where they would pay for, um, that would match prize pools 
um, to a certain extent, which brought a lot more tournaments this year. That um, there was kind of a lot of gaps between um, the international and um, some of the other majors. So what they did was, yeah, the, for a minor, it had to be a three hundred thousand dollar prize pool, and they would pay half of that. And for a major, they would pay uh, five hundred thousand of a one million prize pool. So that that brought a lot of um, uh, more exciting tournaments and. Um, I think kept the the fans a lot more actively involved in the community, um, mm -hmm. and also the international uh, reaching twenty four million, well, nearly twenty five million dollar prize pool was. Oh, that was huge! Yeah. Again, yeah. So that's like it'll be interesting to see next year whether they, you know, they can match that. It's been on the inc um, sorry, the increase. It's increased every year. Sorry, um, but eventually it's going to have to hit a cap. Twenty-four millions a lot. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they. I wonder if Val would ever uh, increasing the percentage because that right now they only take like twenty-five percent from the sales of the compendiums, don't they? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's twenty-five percent, which is kind of low, really, when you think about it. But yeah, but you know that I wonder if they would think you know increasing that, but you know twenty-five million. I mean that was just that was insane because what Team Liquid who won the international brought home. I can't remember. What was it like? It was like close each, to ten, I think. I think it was even. Yeah, it might have been more, but like, because each, each player, uh, I'm pretty sure each player, each player at least got two million, two and a half. Yeah, so it might have been around around ten million. You know, they were multi-millionaires uh, just from winning that tournament. So that's it. and a lot of those contracts and deals that players, professional pros, have with the teams uh, have some sort of stipulation where the tournament winnings either all of it i know cloud nine you know all of the tournament winnings go back i think they do this for all their games unless they've changed it recently but all the tournament winnings go to the players and uh the team doesn't take anything off the top i, I know other teams you know other teams do take some off the top but i don't know how team liquids is um but yeah that would pretty nice couple a couple million uh paydays not, not too bad and yeah it's, it's not really that long compared to the amount you're getting i mean they, right. i think they're pretty much shot to the highest i think four of the five i think were the, the top um earners in all of esports in terms of like over their career how much money they've earned just from that tournament oh good lord yeah um yeah and i know team liquid was at the top earnings uh, and so we have yeah the non-endemics got into the space this year we had dallas Purchased a majority stake in Complexity. The Yankees invested in to Vision Esports, which is Rick Fox's company, and we had uh, Miami Heat uh, uh, investing into uh, Misfits. I believe it was Misfits. Yes, unless I'm miss. But anyway, Miami Heat invested in the scene. You had a bunch of um, uh, individuals from within the entertainment industry, you know, JLo and Alex Rodriguez invested into esports. So interest is just skyrocketing from all over, um, you know, uh, all throughout the esports industry. And then once you tap into franchising um, and what's kind of happened both within League of Legends and Overwatch with the creation of these new franchising teams, you have even more non-endemics, especially within traditional uh, sports, you know, taking that leap into esports. 
Now, one of the most cringy things that had happened all of last year was when the Golden Guardians did their whole uh, esports announcement at the state at their basketball arena. Uh, arena, and uh, I believe they called their AD carry and ad carry, and uh, the players just looked very uncomfortable standing there in the middle of the basketball arena as they were being announced. I don't know whose idea that was because that's just not going to, you know. I think that was the the uh, kind of the upper management there at, at Golden State Warriors not really uh, having much discussion with the team as far as that. But anyway, yeah, Golden State Warriors purchased a team or purchased one of the spots, and um, the Philadelphia 76ers, they ended up buying a uh, majority stake in the Dignitas, who didn't get, didn't get one of the League of Legends spots or one of the Overwatch spots. Um, uh, so some of that might be a low light in terms of you know these organizations and uh, them being left out of the different franchises because you have the Mortals not getting their League of, League of Legends franchise spot, but they did get Overwatch one. So, so yeah, I think the biggest news, obviously, uh, more you know, I think the biggest kind of highlight and and this is has been the defining year for for esports by far. I mean, I don't think there's you know, any question about it, especially when it comes to just, you know, the impact of franchising within esports and, and the investment level, uh, the amount of investment that's come into the scene. I think there was an article today or yesterday or infographic that more than $200 million has been invested into esports, uh, into esports companies and uh, in 2017. So uh, that's, you know, pretty, pretty it's not a staggering number compared to other industries and, you know, the tech or the, you know, financial, uh, 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 kind of industries, but, you know, when it comes to where esports was a year or two ago compared to where it is now, you have a lot of money coming into the scene. And so it's, it's getting bigger. All right. Before we uh, move on to have any last minute, last thoughts. Yeah. I'll talk about that for a sec. Go for it. I think that it's a kind of a huge step in the right direction. Um, just as far as it's even more kind of fan bases that are being reached out to, and also way more advertising. Uh, these like the the endemics that are at least now involved with League of Legends, which um, much more broad range of people than just League itself. Um, so even if like Golden State Warriors fans don't like League of Legends, they'll still hear more about esports in general. Like those organizations have so much money um, and can advertise more and put out more content. They already have like a very well established staff and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I just think it's it's I think it's a huge step in a direction that headed in um, and I'm really excited to see how that changes funding um, not only with the franchising but also the fact that there are specifically so many like pretty big organizations that join I also think just the fact that there is franchising since it was so hard to get in a lot more it's not just like man we had a bad season but at least we didn't get relegated maybe this year we'll make a couple right. changes better it's like money. And we have a big staff and we have 
you know, more resources and there's a lot more pressure and stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that we see. Um... Yeah, I think, I mean, the amount of money spent, like, I think, <clears throat> you know, that the amount of money, if you kind of, um, you know, compare it to traditional sports was, you know, just kind of uh, a chump change. Um $10 million for a franchise spot compared to, I think the, the last professional sports team that was purchased went for and the Los Angeles Clippers went for, I believe over a billion dollars. Um, but in the esports industry, it's still a lot of money, you know, for a TSL and these other teams. So I do, and I, and, and they want to set the right tone. So, I mean, you're right. Like, I don't think the, you know, the hundred thieves or golden state, guardians will have you know won't will have nothing but their you know full interest in in putting out the best roster and the best team that they possibly can and kind of setting the right tone from the bat um right off the bat so i uh just like the I think, fact yeah <clears throat> do what it, well in worlds misfits did some crazy stuff um and so i'm kind of hoping that maybe some of these fresh and I know a lot of the players are the same, but there's still new blood in and in the staff and the players. And just kind of hoping that we see a little bit more life and maybe have better competition from that and just kind of grow more. Well, I think you'll also see an influx of people and individual, you know, uh, individuals kind of taking that jump into being a professional player because, mm -hmm. you no, know, maybe a year or two ago, well, even like, you know, three, two or three years ago, if you wanted to be a professional League of Legends player, you know, you had very little stability um, that was you know, kind of available to you. The, every single, and the one of the biggest things that I saw that, that came of this franchising that has been a much needed uh, kind of, much needed synergy between what traditional sports has and what esports ha hasn't had is the long the need for long term contracts. So you have a you know every single professional player in uh, traditional sports and the NBA and Major League Baseball and NFL they're all put on you know four five six plus year contracts, but in esports they're they only are are you know one year was always the max they were never no one ever signed up more long contract in double lift for example you know just signed a three-year contract um and and a lot of the other uh professional or pro players you know they've signed multi-year contracts to be a part of the organization uh long term and now that in 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 turn means that the organization is going to be investing uh, more into those players more into those brands more into the development and growth of those individuals, which then opens the door up for up and coming, you know, um, amateur athletes or esports athletes that are looking to, you know, take that jump from, uh, you know, just kind of playing the game at a high level, but not professionally to now seeing a stability, uh, or, you know, stability as a career point there. So I think that, uh, you know, that makes a big difference. Um, all right, so let's move over to lowlights. So, um, yeah, so who, what are some of the lowlights? What are, what's everybody's thoughts uh, there? Who wants to start things off? 
low lights for 2017. Go for it. Yeah, I, th I think the low lights was uh, which I would I would like it really rings. Um, don't even know why I said rings. The one that stands out to me is I think a lot of the issues that revolved around streamers. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a year of uh, stricter guidelines for people running their own streaming accounts. So no, there's not obviously there won't be rules, but I think a lot of them will, um, you know, really look at like the way they do things and start kind of holding themselves accountable to actions and realizing because there was way too many weird things that went on. Um, yeah, like, there are a lot of like, a lot of yeah. issues. Yeah, you have. I mean, you had the Doctor Disrespect stuff, which isn't necessarily esports, but then you have. You know, a lot of the, um, you have the swatting incident in Call of Duty, which was, you know, just very, uh, just, you know, disheartening um, and gives gives esports a bad name. You have, you know, with that swatting, now you have kind of the, the conversation of, you know, the gun games cause violence and, and you know, that whole uh, topic of conversation sparking uh, back up and into the mainstream media. And then, you know, everything that's happening at with YouTube and the adpocalypse and how that affects uh, not necessarily esports uh, content, you know, uh, specifically, but entertainers, gamers uh, in general, and their ability to make a living off of uh, producing, you know, video game content, esports content, and, you know, ads, you know, the advertisers pulling out, which thus in turn, has required a lot of these entertainers to kind of tighten the the content that they're putting out or uh, the content that's that's being put out. Um, and so let me let's re take a look at some of the lowlights in chat. So some of the things uh, Matt Madison, yeah, one point he he brought brings up is the EU not getting franchising. Uh, and I think this was something that everyone saw uh, forthcoming, but definitely rubbed the EU LCS you know, the wrong way. And the sad thing is that Riot allowed EU teams to submit an applic applications to transfer to NA, but no one was given a spot. Um, so they are basically just said, you know, stuck in, in Europe, stuck in lonely Europe. And, you know, when it comes to watching the NA LCS versus watching the EU LCS, I mean, it's a you know, night and day. Yeah. I mean, no night one's going to want to watch any of the EU LCS. Uh, so whatever. Eddie, what, what are your thoughts? What are, who do you think? What do you think? Low lights? Low light was that apparently our government or the World Health Organization declared that um gaming now is a disorder wait uh, what when yeah. was that uh, this recently. Is recently yeah it's pretty apparently it's official mental health condition in 2018 they classified it i, I just think that's kind of weird i i think if if parents just i mean when i was younger parent my parents hated the fact that i would play video games so i can just imagine now the overprotective parents not wanting to allow their kids to to play now because of it i, I think it's really strange but i think it, it can be somewhat detrimental to a lot of uh the industry itself and esports in general uh which is really unfortunate yeah i'm gonna try and uh kind of chime in on this and hopefully i don't break up too much but um it's if you take if you actually like read through it it's it like makes sense uh, they talk about it being an addiction um that basically 
they, they, they only qualify it as being an addiction when you like basically prioritize gaming over your own well-being, like your health or your um, like responsibilities in life. So basically, like you know, quitting your job to play video or not quitting your job to play video games, but say like losing your job because you're too addic- you, you're playing video games too much and don't just choose not to go into work is how I interpreted it. But I do worry that it will have the negative effect because people will just see the title. You know, they won't take the time to read through the document. They'll just see the title. World Health Organization says gaming addiction is a disease, yeah. and just and just make the assumptions based off of that. You know, I, I think that it, it definitely can be a quote unquote, an addiction per se. I think that people can get addicted to it, um, and that it can be negative in that case for some people. But I think that you know that's extreme circumstances, and it will probably be taken out of context quite a bit. Well, a lot of things, you know, I think a lot of things that is aren't done in moderation is bad for your health. Um, And, you know, in a sense, you know, if if you're gaming, you know, if you're doing if you're playing 24 hours a day and nonstop one, that's going to be really bad for your health. Is it considered a disease? You know, that uh, I think that's, I guess, not up for question anymore since the, the world health organization classified it as being a disease but um i don't think it will have a lot of effect on esports to be honest i think it's you know at at a certain point anyway a lot of these you know just look at look at a lot of the stories that have happened of of esports professionals that you know that uh their parents were dissuaded against them ever playing esports or ever playing games professionally and saw it as you know just a nothing that they can make a career out of and now you know they're making millions of dollars and that was long before esports was televised on tv and all over the internet and you had all the hundreds of millions of people tuning in every every week i think the whole stigma of esports is quickly uh, or you know the whole negative connotation of of esports and gaming you know in general is quickly fading and i don't don't necessarily see this as a uh, detriment to the esports industry as a whole yeah there'll be kind of that will take it negatively but i I don't see this as slowing down kind of the the industry uh much at all with the momentum it's starting to gain uh what else I just want to add to that. I think it's just um, it'll be a year of uh, like testing that kind of um, that uh, title, I guess, put on um, yeah. gaming addiction. Like, I think that it's it's really up to esports organisations and game publishers to kind of attack this one early um, and you know add you know play in moderation or you know make sure you you're, you're getting up every thirty. Mi- I don't know, not thirty minutes. Obviously, when you finish a game in that, but I think it's about really uh, working with. Uh, World Health Organization to kind of get rid of the stigma and also help the people playing the games be a little bit more aware. I think that's that's a really uh, positive way of kind of moving past that issue because it obviously is an issue. And you, I don't think publishers, to a certain extent, really want people, you know, dying while they're playing video games. Well, no, I mean, Korea already has Korea. Korea already has a bunch. Of, you know, South Korea has. Uh, you know, they've only they've already classified it themselves as a country as a, a, a disease or an addiction, and you know there's there's rules in Korea where you can't you know if you're under the age of 18 I believe or 16, you know you have uh, and you have to sign if you're wanting to play a game you have to you know sign in using your ID card and if they see that you're under a certain age you can only play for a certain amount of hours because of you know everything that's happened in the PC bangs with kids you know uh, dying due to 
World of Warcraft or you know or what other uh, any other games that they were just playing nonstop for hours on day and and or hours on end and so I mean and, and see and look at where Korea is now so uh, anyway I, yeah I mean we'll we'll see I think it's you know something like this is is something that's more so just going to uh, it's going to bring just more awareness you know to the to the scene whether it's negatively or positive you know a bit of both we'll we'll see how it how it kind of turns out um over the course of the year and uh, hopefully for the better another one that brusky brought up was which is um uh far in between probably one of the biggest low lights would be net neutrality and and it um uh, being overturned by the fcc and the whole restrictions there you know how this is going to affect esports is still to be seen, but there's no positives that uh, will come from it. It will only be negative. So hopefully it's not very detrimental as a whole, but I do see it having a big impact on you know possibly smaller companies, uh, smaller game publishers, you know, a big, you know, the whole biggest reason that PUBG, one of the biggest reasons PUBG has taken off, and that was a highlight on big time was PUBG, but one of the big reasons PUBG has taken off and gotten as big as it has was because of how successful streaming, people streaming the game has been. And um, and net neutrality, you know, could really be detrimental to uh, the streaming, streaming of especially new games. So um, that that's definitely a, a negative there. Um, what else? Who else has some... Uh, uh negative yeah another low light was swatting um that's a, a big one matt madison mentioned that one um let's see if there what else people have been saying in chat uh all right what else who else has uh some low lights um i think the the uh, australian uh what was it the tainted mines house i don't that was oh uh, like... yeah the um uh, what was it? What was the name it of the team? Tainted Minds about Tainted how... Tainted Minds. Yep. Yeah, about how bad they were treating their players and everything. Yep. That was That's definitely a low light. And how badly, like... I mean, I don't know exactly what Riot ended up doing in the long run, but basically the original response from them, from, like, the Tainted Minds management and other, like, important... Uh, people in the whole thing like nobody stepped up to take care of the gamers themselves clean up anything in the whole situation and well, it's like a home hazard and all sorts of ac or anything like yeah, it was like really bit of middle of summer yeah from what i've heard uh, right didn't really run, do much yeah. about it except yeah. give them like a competitive ruling which was like a fine and that was about it right I agree. Rain, what, what are your thoughts? Go for, hold on. Rain, do you have something? Oh, uh, yeah. The Vassini incident. The what? The Vassini incident. Remember? Uh, the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Tell everybody what, what was the Vassili incident. Oh, man. So, dude gets his he gets his butt handed to him on stream. And uh, <laughs> and he, you know, he sits there for like a minute and he just stews and you just, you just see him like it's like a calm before the storm. Then he flips his table. And the whole stream sees this. Like his camera is on the floor. You see him yelling in Chinese. It's it's crazy and whatnot. And then you hear his girlfriend just screaming. And 
some of the people that translated said, I just want to help you. I'm just trying to help you. And they could have sworn that they heard him beating on her, but there is no proof. The thing is, though, is that that's a scary situation. That was a very low situation. I think that that was mm-hmm. a real, real bad low in 2017, not just for that player, but for esports in general, because Riot didn't handle that the way that everybody wanted them to, because the way they did Tyler 1 did not compare to what they did to Basile. Bang. Free Tyler 1. And then the um uh the the recent stuff with um who was the recent news? Uh that riot. Now I can't remember the guy that they banned for um now I can't remember the but they, they mm-hmm. put a ban on them. And Richard Lewis anyway, I can't remember. Richard Lewis did a big video on it. The league seeing just up. Because they they banned him because of something he said about Russia's leagues, the Russian leagues. Um, that they wait. Are you talking about Liquid? Yeah, Liquid. Yep. Yeah, because he was complaining about something like players not being paid or whatever. Right. I think think Riot's becoming one of those companies that just if you if they don't like what you say, they just kind of you know throw you to the dogs. I think that's something like, for example, going back to uh, that Tainted Minds team that just got a fine. Like, they don't keep in mind they they either they did not have the funds to pay like for AC or what was the issue? They just didn't want to. Tainted just Minds, it. yeah, I don't I don't remember if it was a, a money thing or if they just just complete. Because yeah. it's like to, to me, it's like if, if, if Riot finds them, if and if they don't have money, what's the point of a fine, right? Like, it just doesn't make sense. If that was the case, money money constraints, but. I think well, it, it, the money part is like if you're if you're owning a team, uh, money it it you shouldn't have a team if there's if if you can't afford to give them the the you know baseline necessities. So you know the fine should uh, yeah the fine I think yeah it isn't going to do much if you can't pay for it. But um, but yeah I, I think it goes down to the owners just they should own own yeah. a team. A lot of the issue that the community was taking with that whole Tainted Mind situation as well, it was a while ago, but if I remember correctly, the owner or co-owner of Tainted Minds was like really closely personally connected with the Riot, the Oceanic Riot guy that was like doing the rule, in charge of like the competitive ruling. So like, he like, like they were either like family or like really close friends. I forget what it was, something like that. And they, uh, yeah, like so, there there were a lot of rumors that it's just like you know nothing happened because of that connection, and like other things that weren't as bad have been punished worse, but that like was just kind of swept under the rug. Right. Also, <clears throat> do can this be an issue since you know Brusky brought up the good point that not all the uh, LA riots different from like all the other regions? Um, can this be an issue on how they rule on certain things uh, when it comes to like? Tinted Minds obviously just kind of got a slap on the wrist over what they would have done if it was LA Riot. Yeah, like I, you know, is that kind of oh, concerning for, yeah. for for teams? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I think well, I doesn't think... doesn't the um wait so when a ruling is made in another region, is it was the the was it the Los Angeles or the LA team that made the ruling or was it the Australian team like the Australian Riot? They might know. Because that could also uh, have a, you know, play into the, you know, play into things. And I can't remember if it was specific to Australia's, like, OCL team. 
It, I think it D. might be. So that might have had something to do with it in conjunction with right Oceana. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, I mean, a conjunction type deal. With the um, you know, just the team in each region and their this to you know how they handle their uh kind of their league uh, will vary, you know, drastically and Riot has to kind of lean on them to make the right decision. So um all right, so what other lowlights? We'll close it out with um, just any other lowlights. Any any last lowlight, and then we'll we'll take about you know a couple of minutes and go over what everybody thinks for 2018, and, and we'll finalize it. Any anyone any last lowlight? Doctor disrespect. Doctor disrespect was one. Wouldn't say it's specific to esports, but uh, but he did play PUBG. And yeah, I mean, that was. Lowlight Immortals not getting into the NALCS. That's still a low light. Forever would be the 2017 low light. I agree. That was that was pretty big. All right. So 2018. So what is everyone's um, Sanjuro uh, parks? What was Sanjuro? Uh, the Tyler One situation where the riot employee was in charge of um, banning people and stuff like that and told him cancer and or hope hope to get cancer or something cancer and and yeah uh that yeah, was not the best thing to do wow what, what were you saying park sorry i mean it's just that's pretty unfortunate <laughs> uh and i mean it's not directly esports but it is related to league um and a very popular streamer for good or bad reasons, um, like bad for the community to to see that as like the head person um, for riots like right. Yeah, a lot of people at Riot have kind of stuck their their uh, um, with some of these sort of situations, and you know, and but you all, I think the biggest thing is with Riot growth being hired there you know there's a lot of these individuals it's hard to separate your professional you know this individual was discord as kind of uh, and separated from his riot you know uh being a rioter he was more in his his own you know like any other and i i by no means think what he said was okay i think he, he deserved what he got a lot of these new rioters that are being brought into a uh, being hired or you know long-time writers but they they have the community puts a kind of high regard on them and you know if they're just kind of having a conversation within the community they're going to always be seen as a writer and never separate from that so and i don't think that's a bad thing um i think they just have you know a lot of these individuals just have to understand that that at no point are they ever can they really take off the riot face mask and try to go back into their more personal life and, and talk kind of how they did person, you know, before riot or, or separately. And I think that's kind of, uh, kind of buying them an ass a bit. Um, all right. So let's give, um, so everyone basically give you like five seconds to just pick one. What do you, what do you think for 2018? What is your, uh what is and i'll start but what is what is your one thing that you see for 2018 and mine is the uh that i uh believe 
that esports one will become one of the largest esports companies in esports and will take over the industry next damn it you stole mine um not to top of that so the, uh, yeah this new company um, esports one yeah um i think that two predictions nalcs franchising is going to go awesomely uh, but conversely, that the Overwatch League is going to have some pretty tough times and then um, possibly fail. Yeah. For me, Matt, uh, Madison. Oh, go go ahead. Oh, go. Collegiate esports is going to be a really good thing. I, I Collegiate really esports media is going to be a really big thing. Okay. Really good, really really big thing. Um, I do think Overwatch though, is going to have a really hard time trying to uh, relate to the masses. I agree. Um, so Matt Madison says that Korea won't. Um, that's uh, just, Korea will never not wi win worlds. Um, that's just not possible. I don't believe that they uh, an Overwatch League will fail. Um, I know. <clears throat> um, and let's see. And then Garlic Fries says, I think Overwatch will surpass everyone's. He's high right now. So, and he says, watch out for esports too. Not esports one. Uh, what else? Anybody um, else have? Any, I think anything? I think Artifact, the new uh, Steam game based on the uh, popular, not in this group, Dota two uh, franchise. <laughs> will uh, I think that might actually do well. Like that actually might um, take. Really, the, I think yeah. I, I think it's got. Is it, is it new hero? Like, is it is it completely separate of Dota two, or does it use the same hero? Do I think know? it's based on the lore, but I'm not exactly how, sure how it runs. Um, it, it's they've been pretty secretive, but I think that um, you know card games are still relevant, and I think there still needs to be one that kind of you know surpasses Hearthstone. I think it's got the potential. I agree. <clears throat> All right, last last chance. Does anybody else have anything uh, for 2018? <coughs> LG bigger than LOL in 2018. Right. I got one. Paragon's esports scene will be on the come up. Battle right, uh, Battle Rights esports scene will be compared to low, causing the war between the fanboys. And esports <laughs> one is gonna drop a mixtape. Oh, why did he even talk? I like it. I like it. All right, guys. I think um, that will close us out for week 117 of the esports pedia town hall. Uh, tune in next week. We will be discussing another topic. Who knows what that topic will be? Be sure to check out our social media, esportspedia, esports one. You can also subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, we will talk to you and and be around next week. To have a good, good one. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, close out that last one or cut off that last part. Where I said bye. That was stupid. Um, but that was a, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> don't include. Don't, don't include. Don't, bye. don't edit that out, bro. <laughs>